they've taken every penny out of this garment they can, you know, cheaper thread, cheaper elastic, but they still do this intricate front flap thing. What What's the deal with that? I don't know, but I'm going to be honest with you. I go through it every day. The frack you do. <laughs> I do, dude. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and germs ladies and gentlemen uh wow another week has gone by the world has uh, definitely changed and we've been through a lot everyone's been through a lot but we just found out before we went on air that queen elizabeth died yep. she gone yep so that blew out the original thing i wanted to talk about so i'm going to put it in our uh, our SR2000 randomizer and see what we should talk about. <laughs> if it's an odd number, we're going to talk about the queen. If it's an even number, we're going to talk about the opening day of football, but not in the football sense, but in the human existence sense. Oh, so let's yeah. put it in there. One, it's the queen. Two, it's football. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Oh, football wins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. Thank God. Scary for a second. Hey, opening uh, NFL football 2022 is about to take place. I'm Jazz, and I know you are, Shards. Yeah, dude. I'm stoked. It's about You're time. You're a Packers fan, and I'm a Titans fan. But uh, that's for another place. What we talk about here is the cool stuff, like, you are from the home of brats and buns, which is football <laughs> without brats and buns is is way way worse than football uh, with just hamburgers and hot. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So tonight, being it's a weeknight, I'm not grilling. You're not grilling. No. But we're excited. But if you were to be grilling, like Sunday, let's uh, let's talk about our overall number one draft pick for Sunday football food at home. Away, it's always wings. I think no one sits at a sports bar and eats like ribs. I don't think. No, that'd be, that'd be such a weird thing to do. I think that'd be terrible. The only person I can see doing that would be a guy at an Applebee's bar and the poor bartender <laughs> going, ah, "What do you have today, sir? Oh, I see. A, I see. I like the Jaguars. Uh, can I interest you in riblets? That's not <laughs> what we're talking about. Talk about grilling at home. My idea of perfect football food." is hot dogs first with buns mm. and an accoutrement of uh, toppings, onions, uh, relish, mustard, and uh, cheese, and chili. And then for the coupes de grassy, that's a foreign term for the ultimate, I would roll out either ribs or brisket. That That's my perfect football food. What say mm. you? Well, being from that I am from Wisconsin, our go-to has always been brats. Mm. Got to have the brats. Brats, burgers, of course. I think burgers are staples. But we do uh, brats, burgers, 
There's always fries in the mix. Mm-hmm. Taters. The, taters. The big thing for us is, uh, you know those, uh, those like, cheese trays? No, I'm from California slash Florida. Oh, A cheese man. tray to me means American slices <laughs> with crackers. So, no. Yeah, you got to get one of those cheese trays, you know, with the good cheese, you know, with Gouda and Munster and Wisconsin cheddar and Swiss. Oh, and, yeah. And then the hard That'll... salami that goes with it with the crackers. You know, those are always oh, like yeah. salami. If you oh. got people over, there's always the cheese tray. I'm pretty sure that the reason Wisconsinites worked out the cheese angle better than everybody else is, uh, in my experience with greasy football food, it tends to it tends to luge through your intestines at a very very respectable Olympic rate. Yeah, I think the cheese slows it down. I think the Wisconsinites figured that, hey, you know, if we start it with some cheese, put some cheese in the middle, and a little cheese here and there. The uh, the luge guys never get their cleats in the ice, and it kind of slows things down. Am I correct on that? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, otherwise, you know, that stuff just runs right through you, and then you're missing half the game. I know, right? And plus, you're you know, you're uncomfortable. You're watching your fantasy team, and then you're watching the game, and then you're getting the uh, bubble guts. Mm-hmm. I think cheese is yeah. the answer. It's bad. Like you're sacrificing your overall heart health for <laughs> temporary intestinal traffic control. Yeah. But I, I think Wisconsinites figured that out. Nowhere else I've been in the country have we been so cheese-oriented. So that, <laughs> that might be a pro tip. We might include that as a pro tip. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, especially when you're guzzling down brats and baked beans, dude. Mm-hmm. It's got to happen. You're making me hungry. <laughs> I do love brats. I got to say, uh, as a Titans fan, me and my uh, brother-in-law, we went to a Titans game at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. And the... Uh, Buffalo Bills were playing us, and we'd been to previous games there and seen the other team's tailgaters, but the Bills fans showed up as if we were playing in Bills Stadium. Like, they took all the parking, and they have buses, like old school buses that they drove down from New York, and then they had, like, trailers on that bus that were, like, grills, and they set out, like, event planning chairs with tables, and as we're walking by, we're expecting to get jeered and made fun of. And they kind of poke us. But then next thing you know, they're like, hey, come over here. Get some, uh, good, get yourself some ribs. Take some chicken. And they're super friendly. So wow. hats off to the Bills Nation who took over my home team's stadium and uh, was nothing but great until the game started. But they, they, they hand in you beers like they make you drink and eat. That wow. is a legacy that almost makes me want to be a Bills fan is if someone asked me, Tell me about Bills Nation, I would say. They will make you drink and eat at your home stadium, and that is an amazing thing. So <laughs> hats off there. I wish I was there tonight watching the Bills or tailgating. I don't want to go in. I just want to tailgate with yeah, the Bills yeah. fans because everyone's a friend and everyone appears to look hungry to the Bills fans. Number one <laughs> fandom in the country. Changed my mind. Yeah, plus there's a guarantee that you'll see at least one person get thrown through one of those foldable tables. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> They're not afraid to put hands on each other. Like, they party, like, unbelievable level that I've never seen in any other sport. And at, on an away game, yeah, I expect that in Orchard Park, but these guys came down to Tennessee and just tore it up. And, of course, they beat the living crap out of us with Tyrod Taylor back then. Ooh. And uh, it was, but boy, are they nice yeah. people in when, the tailgating area. That's when Ty- Tyrod Taylor was a dude. Yeah. 
well, we're all getting long in the tooth shards. <laughs> Just like Matt Stafford. But this isn't football talk. This is this is football adjacent talk. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about food. I used to love to guzzle beer. I've kind of moved on from that because I'm getting old and carbs will just wreck me. I'll, I'm out. I'm out in the second quarter if I drink beer. Mm. So yeah. I can't. But it tastes so good with all that garbage that you eat on football day. Oh yeah, dude. It's gotta be. It's gotta be a part of it. I don't drink anymore, but when I did, though, it was. You're drinking a beer when you woke up that morning because it was game day. Yeah. You're drinking yeah. your beers while you're grilling. You're drinking your beers while you're eating. Yeah. You're drinking your beers when you're done eating. Uh huh. Then you're throwing up because you got too full from drinking yeah. all the beers so you can make room for more beers that you're drinking. <laughs> oh, man. I remember that level. That's early in the career, though. Yeah. I'm way past that level. Now <laughs> the carbs get me so bad. When I was a kid, the commercials were like, Less filling tastes great. I'm like, what does that mean? What is less filling me? Why would I want a light beer? And now I realize that even light beer is too many carbs for my old ass. It uh, turns into NyQuil. <laughs> That's sad. That's real sad. But I'm excited about the zero alcohol beer situation. It seems to have finally caught traction. And uh, yeah. if they come out with a zero alcohol light beer, then I could pace my beer consumption with my eating and my football watching, and I might could make it all the way to uh, Sunday Night Football. There you go. Dude, it's about time somebody gave O'Doul's a run for their money because that yeah, stuff is hot trash. Yeah, they had it too good for too long. Yeah, and it's expensive. O'Doul's knew they had the only corner on the block. That pissed me off because there's times I just wanted a beer, but I didn't want any alcohol. Well, I'm not paying that for something that tastes like that. Yeah, dude, it's terrible. They had, a, they had the block. I wonder how they did that. You think it was like... You think it was cahootery or do you think I think they just leveraged like they sent people in, you know, some dude from Golden, Colorado uh, went into uh, Wisconsin, your hometown, your home state. And it's like, hey, uh, I hear you're formulating a new uh, non-alcoholic beer and then started breaking shit in the guy's office. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, you want no alcohol beer with us? Is that what you want? And then pow, there goes the family picture, <laughs> kicks over his file cabinet and then walks out cracking his knuckle and. And laughing, you know, (laughs) and someone broke through, though. It seems like every big brand now has a zero alcohol beer, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, maybe that top end thugs that were running that that organization died off, and no one wants to run it like that anymore. They're like, yeah, just let the market have some NA beer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Tony Soprano of the non alcoholic beer uh, franchise died off, and his kid (laughs) took over. He's like, yeah, you know, we're not making that much money off non alcohol beer, but. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like I'm going to work. I think I'm going to try beer again at football season, but I'm going to see if hopefully there's a light. <laughs> how old am I? There's a light non-alcoholic <laughs> beer so I can be up for Sunday night football. Dude, listen, That's if, my, the, if there's a non-alcoholic beer that comes out that actually tastes decent, I will give it a shot. But doesn't that like walk a little too close to the line? Like I feel I figure it's hard to it's hard to make that decision and and stick with it. I don't know. It's, is it a crutch or does it work good or like what if you like oh man this is good. What would a what would a Mick Ultra do at this point? You know, I'm already <laughs> drinking a beer and the next thing you know you're like I'll take uh, two Keystone Ices please. Two of those fat boys of Keystone Ice, two 40s of Keystone Ice. Oh, and uh, give me that one Budweiser non-alcoholic beer cuz I don't drink anymore. Yeah, that's a stiff fall. It's a slippery slope, it seems like. But yeah. then again, if non-alcoholic beer was everywhere and you're you're off of you know drinking alcohol, because that's you know that can be problematic. Maybe yeah. maybe there's a new future. But then I have a feeling that if non-alcoholic beer catches on, that big beer is going to shut it down. All right, right. 
That's true. That's true. I wonder if that's why other companies don't do it. Cause it, I bet you on one side, they're like, if we have NA beer, then people are just going to drink the NA and they're not going to drink the other beer. And then we're going to lose out here. But I bet you there's an there's a whole other side that's like, hey, we have to protect our image because if we make an NA beer for these people who are alcoholics that don't drink anymore, and then they backslide because our NA beer is so good, they just gotta come back to the regular <laughs> stuff. Now it's a it's a moral standpoint. Yeah, that all makes sense. But here's here's what I see. I see back in the Wild West, you know, when uh, people were drinking beer because it, it 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 purified water and it's the only decent liquid they could drink that without getting cholera and dying. I bet the bartenders out in the old West bars realize that dudes are going to come in and take a, take a mug of beer. And ordinarily if it quenched their thirst and they're like, wow, that's darn good. And then they would leave. However, if they had that mug of beer on an empty stomach, cause they're out of uh, hardtack biscuits and jerky, they start feeling no pain. They start looking at the piano player and the girls dancing around. And they're like, Oh, let me have another one of those. <laughs> so I think sure back in the 1800s, uh, saloon owners are like, look, at some point you're going to figure out how to take the alcohol out of this. Please don't because <laughs> <laughs> our business model is built yeah. on people walking in, drinking a beer, quenching their thirst, but then feeling good right. and then quenching their thirst some more. Imagine like the okay corral days if uh, you got all these dancing girls with an upstairs, empty rooms upstairs and a piano player and uh, a dude walks in off the Pecos and he's He's parched and he orders a non-alcoholic O'Doul's. He uh, slugs it down, wipes his uh, beard on his arm, and uh, says, ah, that quenched my thirst. Have a nice day. And he's out. He's back on the Pecos. <laughs> Beer would have never made it. No, no, I had to have the alcohol. But listen, I'll, I'll say this much. There's a whole sect that the, the beer industry is missing by not having good NA, like, People like me are not buying your product. I don't drink anymore. But if you make yeah. a good NA for people who just don't drink, yeah, maybe we would partake. And that's that's a whole area of revenue stream that they're missing out on. That's what I've thought ever since I can remember. Is like there's so many situations where a pitcher of NA beer would be great because I'm not here to get liquored up. I'm not here to be belligerent and have fun. I'm just here to eat a pizza with my family, and I love the taste of beer with pizza. And uh, what took so long? Yeah, it's crazy. I bet it was uh, Bill W. and his friends. (laughs) (laughs) I would imagine if you talk to the Bill W.'s, they're not happy about this. They're not happy about this. But I I I can't speak for them, but I'm saying we can both agree that somewhere somebody put pressure on the N.A., brewing system to be like knock it off you, you know you're either costing us money or something usually it's not to help humans so i don't think maybe bill w's friends it ain't the reason because we never seem to kill commerce to help people so <laughs> there's gotta be another reason let's peer through the cracks in our bottom and figure it out i would argue that the reason in a beer has been squelched all this time is just what i said bars and sports bars the dude comes and get a pit a glass of O'Doul's he's gone yeah and that's the bottom line somehow that got broken what say you I think uh I think a lot of these companies especially like micro brews they looked at this model and said hey listen th- this NA beer 
is uh is bad for business because guess what alcohol is it's addictive and if we don't have the mm. addictive ingredient in our beverage how are we going to keep these people coming back oh that's good it, that's like the tobacco big tobacco yeah. Oh, maybe <laughs> yeah, maybe some of those out of work big tobacco big wigs back in the '90s when tobacco started getting squelched, they uh, hopped ship and went out to Golden, Colorado, and uh, Milwaukee, and Latrobe, and said, "Hey, uh, not for nothing, but we're in the same boat here, and that one's sinking. If you don't, uh, if you don't keep the the customers coming, we're going to be out of a job. I, I like yours." <laughs> I do like a good conspiracy, but I like your uh, your idea better, shards. Yeah, I mean, now it, all we got to do sense. is solve the stigma. So I think in a beer, in a pitcher, and a can, and a bottle should come in some super conspicuously marked way. Because if I sit at the pizza parlor with my family and I put down two pitchers of uh, Budweiser in a, and the whole town's watching. Uh, I don't get the benefits of drinking NA beer. So what do we do here? Do we do we yeah. do we make NA beer be served in different containers so people are like, oh look, it's old Mike over there with his family. Hey Mike, boy, that's his second pit. Oh, it's a the pitcher has a, a, a big red line around it. He's drinking the NA. Good guy. He, that, that's <laughs> our guy. Yeah, I mean that's tough. I, I on one end I I think it's a good idea to have it separately marked because you know it, it would kind of take away the stigma of hey this dude is just getting absolutely sauced <laughs> at dinner with his family. Uh-huh. He's on his third pitcher. Holy cow, you know. Yeah. But if you have it marked, you know it's it's obviously hey that's that's one of the NA pitchers. That guy's not getting sauced with his family. Yeah, you know, I think it's I reputation. think it's a better look that way. But but at the same time though, like what if what if you are someone who's very image conscious, but you don't want to drink anymore, but you don't want yeah. people to know that you're not drinking anymore, yeah. and so you get the picture, but you're like, oh. I don't want it to look like that. Like don't let these these people oh. know. That's gonna have to be worked out in the in the court system, I guess, or the 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 arena of public opinion. But I was thinking you thought the right way, you thought the wholesome way. I was thinking <laughs> the other way. I was like, how can I make my alcoholic beer look like NA on the beach so the beach oh. rangers don't throw me <laughs> nice, off the beach? Nice. Hey man, it's a non-alcoholic beer. They're gonna have to get like uh, snifters or something they could test your beer because. You can't drink here, sir. Oh, don't worry, man. It's so duels, man. And then they're going to have to test it. So you thought the righteous way. Uh, and I thought the the, the criminal way, I yeah. guess. Well, that's why we're here, Shards. Two different viewpoints. <laughs> hey, not, not for nothing, but it was same idea, just different moralities. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not going to waste a phone a friend on Jimmy D here, but if I was to, wouldn't it be fun to call Jimmy D and be like, hey, Officer D, what if I were to down a whole bunch of non-alcoholic beers, drive like an idiot, and get you to pull me over, burp in your face, you smell the beer, and uh, put you through your paces on putting me through the the sobriety test, and I did it just for fun to make waste your time. <laughs> I know first he would punch me in the face, and like rightfully so. That's yeah. that's ridiculously stupid, but nothing gets old uh, Officer D fired up like my stupid concept. So we're not going to waste an. Ass-
whipping in a, <laughs> and a dress down on this stupid topic. <laughs> but wouldn't that be great to turn over to him and he goes, license, registration, and proof of insurance. And I go, <laughs> and he gets his uh, Doberman ears up and we go through the whole rigmarole and I'm passing <laughs> those tests left and right. But he smells so much beer. This is oh. not possible. <laughs> He would, uh, it would turn into something funny. So maybe down the road when we have uh, Officer Dion, Detective Jimmy, we'll uh, we'll ask him that. But it's funny how we took two tracks on that. <laughs> anyway, in the meantime, football's here and uh, non-alcoholic beers on the way. At least I'm going to try it. I'm going to have a night with pizza and non-alcoholic beer, and I'm going to stay up for Sunday night football. Do you know what companies are coming out with NAs? Anyone good? Uh, from what I've seen in what's popped up in my feeds, they all are. Like Budweiser, I think, led the way. I might be wrong. And once somebody starts it, they all have to compete. So right. I think before the end of the year, from what I've seen, NA is going to be everywhere. I wonder if it was just like a stigma where all the beer companies looked at Oduls and were like, we're not going to be those guys. Maybe and now, it was. now all of a sudden it's like at a point where they're like, hey, listen, like, it's not about being those guys. It's about having beer that other people can enjoy who don't drink our beer because you of may, the alcohol. You may be onto something. I think it is a. After all that talk we just had, it may just have been a public sea change. Like back in my dad's day when I was growing up, if my my dad wouldn't even dream of buying non-alcoholic beer, and if someone knew he had a hey, Tom's got a pitcher of O'Doul's. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's out of the you know he's out of the flying club. His boss is looking at him sideways, like, "What's wrong with this guy?" Yeah. Nowadays, I think people are just like, "Hey, it's delicious and it's an alternative." What what do we care? There's probably zero social stigma. Right. I wonder if an ex barista had made their way into the the brewing industry and was like, "Hey, yeah. uh, you know, we also make." decaffeinated coffee still tastes good and i think you can do the same with non-alcoholic beer i think it'd be like my favorite south park episode when uh mr garrison builds that amazing unicycle thing that has the uh uh phallics as a control in his mouth and another phallic is <laughs> as his yes. seat. and they ask him this is an amazing creation why with this and he goes why wouldn't you put that on there <laughs> We're yeah, doing it. We are doing it. We're living the dream shards. Yeah, and that dream was only made possible because I had a breakthrough with adequatehelp.com. Adequatehelp.com. I had a breakthrough also, and uh, it turns out it's the fly thing on my underpants that I never <laughs> use. And while we're on that subject, uh, uh, why is that still on our underpants? Why Why do we still have that uh, trap door on our underwear? You, I don't know what kind of underwear you wear as far as this conversation is concerned but mine i wear i wear briefs and the trapdoor peekaboo hole is still there i haven't used that thing since like fourth grade <laughs> am i right like i'm oh, over the topper i'm, I'm over, over the topper okay are you i'm definitely an over the topper it makes sense um you don't have to touch anything you just over the top and every time i flip i flip over the top i look down i see that thing that that silly ass thing and i go They've taken every penny out of this garment they can, you know, cheaper thread, cheaper elastic, but they still do this intricate front flap thing. What What's the deal with that? 
I don't know, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I go through it every day. The frack you do, <laughs> dude, dude. This is not a, a devil's advocate thing. Please tell me you don't no. use that goddamn trap. No, dude. I'm a, I'm an out the front type of guy. What? I'm dead serious, dude. <laughs> I cannot believe that. I can, I cannot believe. That. I'm flabbergasted. Yeah. Not that I pay attention to what other people are doing. I just I'm so confident that that thing is obsolete and useless that I would have guessed you never dick with that thing. Nah, no pun intended. I, I use a belt like yeah, so. all the time. And so it's just faster to go out the front and not deal with undoing the belt. I use a belt all the time too. And it's just, it seems no brainer. Pop the belt, pop the fly, flap it over the top and nobody gets hurt. Nothing gets touched. Bada bing, bada boom. I'll be damned. <laughs> well, this is, this, this debate's heating up. Wouldn't, wouldn't you rather dick with your belt for two seconds and pay less for underwear? I think I think we can all agree that the uh, the, the time has come to get rid of the, the flap. You know what's funny about that is that they, they make underwear that doesn't have the flap. And they call them like, there's a company that has trademarked this thing called the ball hugger. And it doesn't have the <laughs> flap. It's like a space specifically for that. But they're like uh -huh. exponentially more expensive to not have a flap than it is to buy ones that do. That sounds like uh, capitalism gone bad. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. How could less material and less sewing cost me more? Well, yeah, well look at look look at women's bathing suits. The smaller the suit mm, gets. Trust me, I look at women's bathing suits. <laughs> but the smaller the suit gets, the more expensive it becomes. You're 100% correct, but it's been admitted for decades that women's clothing is a ripoff for women and they get they pay more for less. So oh, yeah. I don't think that argument stands up because they basically tell women, hey, your stuff costs more because you'll pay more. Is it that <laughs> way with flap technology? Maybe they started to break into that and they say, well, listen, if the women will fall for it, then the men will too. We'll just we'll take away the flap. We will make the work less hard. We'll be able to produce way more and then we'll also charge them more. So you still maintain that by not undoing your belt and reaching in there like you're pulling a cobra out of a out of a pillowcase and threading it through the gauntlet is easier than just unbuckling a belt and flapping it all over the top. Oh, wait a second. I never said anything about easier. <laughs> okay. I just said that it seemed faster. I would think that faster would mean easier. Not always. I think it's more of a gamble. It's definitely not easier. I think the it's harder putting it back than it is really? taking it out. Well, I think, I think the thing. taking it out part is fine. It's the getting it back in there and the amount of readjusting you have to do once it's like that. Huh. My experience was completely different, but when I made the decision, the Supreme Court decision to quit with the, with the flap situation, I was just a kid. I wasn't wearing belts, so I would still unbutton, unzip, working through the flap like a friggin' road course. And then uh, when I'm done, I would just do the old run your hands down your underpants, pull it away from your body. Snake goes back in the hole. <laughs> zip up button up, wash your hands. So I can't speak to that. The yeah. belt seems to be what changes it. But uh, I think we need to further investigate this. I feel like men are done with it, but you completely surprised me. I thought you'd be like, yeah, those things suck. No one uses those. Oh. Turns out, you're a flapper. <laughs> I am a flapper. Well, here's the interesting, uh, interesting thing then. Um, if I'm not wearing a belt yeah. or if I'm wearing like, uh, like joggers or, or gym hybrids. shorts or hybrids, hybrids, 
anything of that nature. Yeah, hybrids. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm wearing hybrids right now. If I'm not wearing a belt, though, ironically, I'm over yes. the top. Yeah. All right. The belt is the catalyst for me. Okay, but in today's world, how often are is a modern male, mature male wearing a belt? Uh, I'm out of touch because I never wear a belt. Well, I do now because I don't have I have diminished glutes and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm tapered downward. I'm uh, I'm heading quickly towards suspender territory, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. So what about like I have a few pair of boxers. I bought them because they were like funny. Like I have a uh, uh, Nintendo Wii boxers and I have uh, some other like, oh, Simpsons. I was heavy in the Simpsons boxers, but I bought them to wear to bed like night clothing in Florida. It's hot as hell. Mm-hmm. But there's been times where I miss playing my laundry. Okay, there's been a lot of times where I miss playing my laundry. <laughs> and uh, so I wear the boxers and their flap doesn't seem to have a seal situation. Huh. Oh, okay. That's uh. Their flap seems to be like uh, just, you know, like a, a instead of a stop sign for uh, your Johnson, it seems to be like a, a uh, curves ahead <laughs> oh. <laughs> caution sign. So I, that's uncomfortable because the flap, if it wasn't there, everything's cool. I'm going over the top, but when but I'm walking around and things pop out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about, I don't even want to know your personal experience. You probably don't know mine, but if you're walking down the hallway at work, and your boxers and that flap doesn't seal properly and something flops out. I feel like, I feel dirty. I feel like a voyeur. I, f- I had to rush to the bathroom and readjust because <laughs> I feel, I feel, I feel dirty. What about you? Oh, you don't wear boxers, but well, if you I, have, I have though. When I was in middle school, I had a short stint with boxers. And so, and that was always a problem. Like you'd walk around and like, unless you got the boxers that had the button, which oh, I, that sounds painful. I only ever saw, but I never had. What a to-do that would be. I'm not unbuttoning my underpants. Yeah, it was always like kind of flopping out, and then you're tugging at the front of your pants like, hey, okay, yeah. get back in there, dude. Yeah, but it, I felt, I still feel like dirty, like I've done something. Like, oh, my God, I'm walking down a hallway with my sail not properly rigged, and then I have to rush to the bathroom and fix it. So shouldn't the flaps be gone from a... Uh, boxers for sure oh yeah boxers with flaps i feel like that those are useless because Damn, I mean, they're the, just not working they're not doing anything other than just letting it out when you don't need it out yeah huh well i'm gonna i might have to reconfigure my underpants thing i'm definitely gonna look into flapless uh, briefs next time i buy them i the usual pack of underwear lasts me between five and ten years so <laughs> same yeah yeah which i'm told is not healthy so five, 10 years from now, I'm going to research this again, and hopefully we can get back to our listeners in five to 10 years. But uh, in the meantime, I'm pro no flap over the top. Yeah, I mean, I think if I if I if the flaps were to go away tomorrow and I was forced to have to change all my boxers out because they were going to the uh, FDA was going to come to my house and confiscate them anyway, mm-hmm. I think I would be OK with it. And, I, and to be honest with you, I think society would be better off with it that way anyway. With no boxers or no flaps? No flaps. Yeah, I think so too. But you stood up as a proud through the through the hole. But I, I use it because it's available. I hear you. But if it went well, away, I would be okay with it. it I, wouldn't feel, uh, I wouldn't feel jaded because they took away my, my precious flap. And I think the one thing we haven't discussed is uh, male-female relations 
as they pertain to the flap. And even though I'm no expert in this field, the flap has never been used in covert operations in that regard. So maybe I'm the outsider on this and I plead complete ignorance, but I guess our listeners have to tell us is the flap viable in covert operations? Because I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that would be uncomfortable. I feel like I would even pay attention to the comfort level. <laughs> but again, I'm not experienced in this. I'm not a trained professional. I'm speculating, but I could see movie theater, terrible rom-com on, that's when the flap is definitely a, a, an escape option. I can see that. That actually makes, that makes sense. But does that justify the other 364 and a half days that I have to deal <laughs> with the flap and pay extra for all that work? Some Somebody's hard working with sewing them curves, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I don't think the flap needs to be there. Even though I am a user of said flap, yeah, I don't think it's necessary. Not me. I've got generations of underwear where that flap never saw the light of day. In fact, I would rather there not be a flap and there just be a pouch there. A pouch. I, I think that's a good idea. Just give a little more. Uh, just give a little more freedom, yeah. if you will. So- something to just kind of to cradle them, if mm. you will, and just gently hold them into place to keep them from being. Uh, Damaged? Becoming, uh, what do they call those balls that just kind of go back and forth? Oh, uh, Newton's conservation yes. of energy. Model. Being one of those things between my thighs. <laughs> yeah, nobody likes that or sitting on them. Oof. Oof. And this just Oof. this memory came flooding back in. I had a bathing suit once, and it had the mesh underneath the bathing suit, and that mesh had a flap in it. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, it was a, a flap Velcro. to what, though? Oh, that's what I'm getting. It had a Velcro fly. It had a tie at the top. It had a Velcro fly. Oh, okay. But the mesh had a flap in it. And I clearly remember frolicking in the surf. Happy as you could be. Not a care in the world. And the flap opened up. And I was exposed in my head. I felt like I felt like I was chumming. <laughs> I felt like... I felt like I had the world's uh, craziest fish lure bouncing around. Even though it wasn't exposed <laughs> to the world, it was out of its it was out of its tackle box. Right. I couldn't get to the shore fast enough. <laughs> I didn't even think about correcting where I was. I just all that came to me was fight or flight. Like the chicken is out of the hen house, get out of the water, and that's what I did. I never wore those swimsuit that swimsuit again. And I loved it because it had like fire on the sides of the thigh. Oh, it was, it was dope. But once uh, once the flap betrayed me in, in shark infested waters, I'm it. out. Gone. <laughs> I left it. the water. My wife thought I was bit by a jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> so when I told her it was a it was a wardrobe malfunction, you can imagine her surprise. <laughs> so Dang, I, I'm staunch anti flap over the top. Going back to what you just said though, like do you still wear uh, bathing suits that have nets in them? Of course I do. Have you seen me? <laughs> do they make any other kind? I wouldn't wear ba- The difference between a pair of shorts and a bathing suit is the mesh underpants that are sewn right in. <laughs> I don't think I've worn bathing suits that had the mesh insides in them since I was then you, probably like six. Then you have been bathing in shorts since you were six. I, I think guess. that's definition of a bathing suit is a pair of shorts with mesh 
awkwardly well, sewn into their line. <laughs> well, what's the mesh for? It's to keep your business away from the sharks. Okay. And the and the moray eel. Do you ever see a moray eel? He'd love to take a chomp at that stuff. He could come right up your pant leg if you don't have mesh between you and a and a and a clownfish. So and is is the mesh fitted then, like boxer briefs? Well, the the shorts naturally are kind of loose because you know yeah. it's not 1950. Yeah, yeah. But then while you're frolicking, things can go up your pant legs. Or let's say you're sitting on something like you're straddling a surfboard, the loose pant legs things can get out and get crushed. So the mesh is there as a protective device and uh, a barrier to predators. Interesting. I, I think I've always, since I was young, worn like the either board shorts or... Uh, I just remember them being called swim shorts and they didn't have the net in them. So what's in there? Just shorts? Like just nothing. What? Yeah. I am not... I'm not joking here. I have never seen a pair of swim shorts or board shorts that didn't have protection as I would like it. Like I've never seen that. If it didn't have that, I just assume they were shorts. I'm willing to bet that they don't make board shorts or swim shorts that have that outside of like Walmart. Mm. Well, you may have me there because guess how many pair of bathing suits I've bought outside of Walmart. And since the, since the uh, 20th century ended, Oh my guess zero. Zero. <laughs> yeah, zero. 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 And my favorite, my favorite are beer brand swim shorts. If you give me a pair of Corona swim shorts from Walmart. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those that's... 100% have the net in them. <laughs> I, I never felt more confident than strutting through the surf knowing that I have shorts and I have a shark cage around my Johnson and my family jewels. You think that that little bit of mesh is protecting you from the ocean wildlife? Well, let's do the math. I'm 53, not a single bite. Well, well, I'm 33 and I haven't had a single bite. I've had three parasites in there, but I'm just kidding. Oh, man. I've had two pair of hands in there. Not only is the Artemis rocket stacked up and ready to go to the moon again with nobody in it, but it's the start of the football season. And as we've always told our listeners, we are not here to discuss football. There are plenty of subpar podcasts that will talk football to save your life, but there's something we have to discuss. And that is the fact that I don't understand the term fantasy football, Shards. Do you understand that, that, that term? You know, I'm going to be completely honest with you, Mike. I stayed away from fantasy football for a long time for the sole fact that it was called fantasy football. I did the same thing. It sounded so not sporty and manly that I just, I like people are like, do you play fantasy football? I was like, no, and I don't fantasize about uh, goblins or gnomes either. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, shards. Uh, it, it just was such a weird term, you know, and it's like, oh. You know, because yes. people in our in like in the sports world, technically, would look down on on people who play like Dungeons and Dragons and and, and all that type of stuff, and that's all fantasy based role playing games. And then, and, but we're gonna about. take that realm and then bring it into our own and claim it and say, "Oh, we play fantasy football." It's yeah, it's just we're a, a bunch it's a of weird thing. We're a bunch of guys and girls owning other men and calling it a fantasy. It took me so long to break through that name. 
but I'll be damned if I have an alternative. What would you call fantasy football if it wasn't fantasy football or fantasy baseball or basketball if you're into that kind of kink? But uh, what a what a weird transpiring of events that like they took the 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 beautiful sport full of violence where it's just a day full of car wrecks and like, well, you want to play fantasy football? Why didn't they call it something like, uh, uh, I don't know, what would we call it if it wasn't fantasy? But fantasy is bad marketing. Yeah, it's terrible. And then and then you have like those daily fantasy leagues. And so now it's called daily fantasy. Ooh, that sounds worse. It does. Yeah, it sounds, sounds terrible. Like, like OnlyFans, if whatever that is. Uh, <laughs> wow, that is crazy. But it just... Everything about fantasy football, and don't get me wrong, I love fantasy football, and I'm we're here to start a movement to change the name of it because I do not like talking to people about fantasy football. And uh, hey, I'll trade you uh, this guy for that guy. I'll trade you this human being for that human being. No, it sounds no, like no. slavery. <laughs> it sounds worse, and it's like I'm making these t- uh, twelve people work this weekend. Oh, okay, but these guys are putting on the bench because they've been uh, they haven't been working too hard, so I'm putting them on the bench. What do you call it besides yeah. fantasy? What would we know. alternatively market as? Because fantasy football just sounds like you said it's too Dungeons and Dragons. It's too esoteric. Like I could play maybe fantasy tennis, possibly fantasy curling, but fantasy football. Come on. Yeah. Like what? What would you call it though? That's the question, shards. What would I call it? I don't have an answer, but we're gonna work on it. Let's see. So you're you're taking real human beings they're risking their health and happiness to play a sport and we're using their production to turn into a score that helps us outscore our friends i'm not there's no fantasy in that that's more like uh tactical football or no you're riding on their backs they're working for you Mm. What did they what did they call that uh that mode in Madden where you could create your own teams but you drafted real players? Oh, uh boy. Dynasty mode. Know. Dynasty Sorry. football. But that that means you're going to keep the same people and we yeah. all know in in fantasy football you mostly us Ham and Eggers we change people every year. Oh boy. How about uh associate football? Associate that's what we call football. it just like walmart you don't work for walmart you're an, you're associate, an associate with walmart yeah, yeah. you don't you're not going to share in the profits you know you don't, you don't get the huge profits that walmart gets you're just working with walmart to be an associate dude we just cracked it it's freaking associate football welcome to nfl associate football pick your associates you don't own them you don't own an associate Mm-mm. We cracked it, Shards. It's freaking associate football. That is what it and is. And that brings it into the 22nd century. We're in 2022, right? That's a 22nd century. Uh, uh, no. Yeah. 20, it, no, it checks out. 20 second, no, 2022 <laughs> is a 22nd century. Trust me. I've done the math. <laughs> so. okay. Dude, it's associate football. We need what because we're... 75 percenters and we don't follow through someone is going to coin this there's going to be associatefootball.com and it's going to be the best associate football ever you invite players to play on your team yeah and you schedule them to work sundays sometimes thursdays 
Sometimes Mondays. <laughs> yeah, just like retail. This is so perfect. It's freaking associate football. <laughs> yes, I'm going to need you to come in Mondays, Thursdays, and Sundays. And in between, here's our training manual. Take this home. And then come to our associate learning facility and do physical training. And then uh, we'll see you probably Sunday, sometimes a Monday, sometimes a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And you're an associate. We don't own you. No, that's that's no. barbaric. But we are the managers. And if we you fail to perform... We will yes. fire you. <laughs> we will, we will fire you. Boy, this is we cracked the freaking code, dude. <laughs> Live on the air. It should have been called Associate Freaking Football. It all adds up. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I've I've given my blood, sweat, and tears. I moved my family all the way to your team. Yeah, but you only had two sacks last year, and uh, you're not doing so well. So. Uh, we're going to have to let you go with no repercussions or cost to me whatsoever. Associate. <laughs> Thank you for being an associate. <laughs> now get yeah. your ass into that job pool and wait for someone else to hire you at a <laughs> cheaper so. rate than I paid you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the the waiver great. wire is basically uh, like indeed or LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. LinkedIn. Like you're like, boy, I hope somebody calls me, but I'm just an associate, honey. You know, I, I'd help build this team. I've got him six weeks in and he's the number one, but I was just an associate. So he let me go. You know, I missed a couple catches. I hurt my hamstring. I'm just an associate. Mm. Not a fantasy. Yeah, Unbelievable. Just, fantasy makes it weird. It does make it weird. And I never felt comfortable about that. It's, although, full disclosure, I love fantasy football. Same. And for, I will never call it, starting today, I will never call it fantasy football again. We've cracked the code shards. It's freaking associate football. And anybody who calls it fantasy football is a barbarian. Like, yes, I'm going to draft this guy. He has no say in the transaction. I'm going to harness his work, and I am going to profit from it. That's associate. That is barbaric. I am going to invite Patrick Mahomes on my team, and if he produces, I will keep him on my team, and I will celebrate his work. But if he doesn't produce, I will send him back to Indeed or uh, LinkedIn, and he's free to live his life, whatever he wants, wherever he wants. That sounds so much better. I think the NFL and uh, these fantasy football, formerly known as fantasy, they have a marketing crisis on their hands, and we've created it. Hashtag associate football. That's right. Dude, this is groundbreaking. Hashtag associate football. You heard it here first. Yeah. Fantasies for people in Key West in October to dance around and have fun. <laughs> Fantasies for what I think about my wife wearing. Yeah. It's not for you to think about a football player who's an ultimate athlete to be. Yeah. We're not fantasizing about them. I mean, well, well if you I'm are, not. I mean, some people help. might. But <laughs> you might want to call BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com is an online therapeutic service, and someday they'll be our sponsor. And if you're a 75% like us, then maybe you, you're better suited for MediocreHelp.com. <laughs> That's going to be our sponsor. Are you tired of therapists talking above your level? Therapists wanting you to succeed when all you want to do is get by. Well, that's where MediocreHelp.com They understand you and me. I went to MediocreHelp.com and they sure helped me. 75% was plenty. 100% not too much. It's too much. The anxiety level went down as soon as they said, well, you almost did it. I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. MediocreHelp.com. Now, back to associate football talk on the Glass Bottom Podcast. (laughs) 
Well, shards, we cracked the code. We did it. And dude. I, I, Mike, promise to never refer to fantasy football as fantasy football ever again. Not only is it completely dehumanizing, not only is it completely barbaric, but it's it's so twentieth century. You know. Yeah. Yeah. We've moved past that. So Way I'm inviting time. what. 22 guys to be on my associate football team this Saturday. And uh, I'm going to treat them well. And if it doesn't work out, they're free to go somewhere else. But in the meantime, let's work together on an associate football team. What do you say, Shards? I agree. It's a great name. You cracked the code. I can't believe it. (laughs) Now let's work on our team names. I think I'm going to be Whipmaster. You know, you got to keep your associates moving or no middle manager. Mike's middle manager. (laughs) <laughs> you got to keep those associates working, right? Yeah. Mike's Mike's great place to work with very heavy surveillance and no benefits. <laughs> I don't think that's going to fit on my Yahoo team name. Yeah. Oh, well. You just call it nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you better bleep that one. <laughs> But instead of, can we still have a draft? We haven't analyzed the word draft. Waiver wire is cool. That's what associates do. You you dump them and they go out to the job market slash waiver wire. But what do you do with associates? Uh, hiring your- event. Yes. We're having a job fair. <laughs> yes, job fair. Saturday is our it. job fair for the associate football league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks everyone for joining us on another episode of the Glass Bottom Podcast. Go follow the show on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to the show anywhere you find your podcast. Catch you on the next one. <laughs>